Welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Welcome to Talk Tennis, another episode where we are going to have fun talking all things tennis. Today, we are joined by Andy Gers and, of course, Troy Laura. Applause. Hold your applause. I don't know. <laughs> Cue the clap machine. I don't know. <laughs> Golf clubs. <laughs> Anyways, uh, welcome, Andy. Thank you. It's great to be here. I'm so excited. Your podcast is blowing up. I'm so excited for you. It's uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, thanks Thanks for having me. Excited to talk some gear. Yeah, and Troy, thanks as always for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me and uh, good to see Andy up in here, man. Yeah, Troy down in the basement again. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's, where they, that's where they keep me, man. <laughs> well, um, as you guys are listening, there's probably a video out that you can go watch and you might want to watch that before listening to this episode because we brought Andy in and we know that a lot of you have the same conundrum that he's been having. So he switched to the Yonex DR98 forever ago and (laughs) (laughs) no one can find a replacement. So Andy and Troy and I went through a whole demo process, tons of rackets, and he hit with a bunch. He took a few home with him. He gave some the second row. I don't even know how that show works, but he 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 took them on second dates. And, uh, yeah, he went to the he went and visited the family. Yeah, yeah. you know how that <laughs> show works, Michelle. Yeah, don't Michelle. lie. You know, yeah. <laughs> and today he's going to reveal his uh, who he gave the final rose to. Oh my god, that's so cheesy. Anyway, yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, Troy yeah. knows how the show works. Yeah, that's the. Oh. so andy why don't you start out by telling us when you switched to the dr98 what you liked about that racket and kind of what your setup has been oh my gosh well i switched to the dr98 when i was seven years old Um, (laughs) i've been playing with it for 25 years now Um, played like 15 yonix cups with that racket (laughs) i've seen the poster yeah yeah no i switched to it um i don't know we can go back and see when the review was probably five or six years ago um, switched to the DR98. Uh, I've been a Yonex guy ever since high school, basically. So I've always loved Yonex rackets. Uh, grew up playing with the Yonex mid. So, um, you know, I switched into the RDX 500 mid back in high school. That was one of my favorite rackets of all time. Um, played with the mids all through college, brief stint going away from them, uh, but then came back to them when I was playing some futures. I played with the RDIS 100 mid. I think that's the name, right, Troy? Um, yeah, the, the, yeah, the kind of candy apple red one or whatever. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, so played with that. And then, um, yeah, someone opened my eyes to uh, adding a few square inches to your racket, and uh, it <laughs> makes the game a little bit easier. And so uh, when I got to, you know, got to Tennis Warehouse, got to experiment with a lot more rackets. And so I found that that, you know, kind of that 98, line i think it started with the ai 98 um it kind of offered me that traditional control and feel that i've always loved out of a mid-size racket um but with a little bit more modern power and forgiveness allowed me to take a little bit bigger swings at the ball and uh you know was a little bit more forgiving as the game sped up and so you know to me that's kind of the epitome of the modern player's racket you know it kind of offers that nice blend of attributes so uh the dr98 was an evolution of the ai98 um and i think i liked it even more it was just a little bit crisper feeling a little bit more solid and haven't been able to find anything since i know they updated the line and uh, i know i wasn't the only one that wasn't the biggest fan of the update Um, and then this most recent update you know, is, uh, is a little bit more similar to the DR that I switched into. So I was really excited and I hadn't really had a chance to hit, uh, the new line all that much. So, um, again, I, I thanked, I thanked you guys a lot during the video and I'm going <laughs> to do it again here. You guys put so much time and effort and, and I know Troy took all the time to, uh, 
to weight up those rackets because I've got mine customized. So, um, you know, back back in the day, we've shaved off some weight now that all the, the grommets and the head guard of my DR98ers worn down to the graphite. Um, but back in the day, it was like right around 12, 2, 12, 3 ounces strong, uh, about a 10 points headlight balance. So I like it pretty tail weighted. And the swing weight was right around 330 to 335. So Troy lined up a whole set of demos for me, weighted them exactly the way that I wanted, put the string that I like in there, Solinko Confidential, even put my Turner grip on there. So <laughs> I was very, very fortunate. I, I know that um, most people would not have that opportunity to do that. So that was very, very cool. Uh, tried a bunch of the new E-Zones and also tried some rackets from the other brands. And uh, it was a really, really fun process. I'm excited to see how the video turns out. Nice. Now, before we get into talking about the rackets that you tried, and maybe Troy can help uh, talk about the evolution of these E-Zone rackets and how and why they change and what, you know, as Andy said, a lot of people that use the DR98 with the update, they didn't love it because... It, I mean, I personally remember the feel change. So maybe, Troy, you can talk about some of the technology changes that we've seen through the evolution of the E-Zone rackets. Yeah. Um, Andy already kind of touched on, like, you know, his preference uh, with the AI version. Uh, was that that was the first one you switched to? And then from I think there, that was the first one, yeah. No, that was, that was the one you switched to, right? Yeah. AI, yeah, yeah, I think so. But before that, there was, like, I know for sure there was an XI version. Yeah, like I didn't play with that one. Black and orange one. Yeah. Before that, I don't know if there was a 98. I think there was like an original E-Zone, but I think as far as the 98s go, I think the XI, from what I recall, was one of the first ones. And then moving into the AI to the um, the DR. And then from there, it was like the E-Zone that came after it. I guess we could call it like a 2018 or something like that, I think is when it came out up until the the current 2020 E-Zone. But yeah, some, some little differences in there. I know uh, probably the biggest... Um, the biggest one was when it went from DR to the 2018. That was like where everybody was like, oh no, it's not the same. And they, they <laughs> tweaked it. And it's kind of funny to me because that's actually the one I switched into, but I switched into the extended length version. And I thought, you know, out of all the extendeds, because I've tried the DR extended, the 2018 and the 2020, which I've currently been hitting now. I actually like the 2018 the most, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in the standard length version, I could definitely see some differences from the DR and, and fans of the AI DR and how it switched. Um, it definitely had kind of that stiffer, firmer feel uh, up in the hoop area, especially towards like the tip of the racket. And for me, uh, that's one of the things I actually liked about it just because probably because I've come from a little back uh a little bit more of a background of a, kind of a firmer layup of a racket maybe like the i used to use the k blade back in the day which kind of had a high 60 stiffness uh the 6195 has always kind of been like mid 60s to upper 60 stiffness so i kind of like that about it but i can definitely see someone like andy and the ones that really like the ai and the dr how when it switched to that 2018 it was kind of like not night and day but definitely a difference and then um Going into this 2020 version, when we tested these, I could see how Yonex didn't necessarily revert back to the to the AI DR um, exactly, but they kind of did a really good job of kind of blending the two, kind of like taking what people loved about the DR as far as like the head shape and sort of the feel of that racket. And it's it's still a little bit firmer than the the DR, but you know it definitely gives you a little bit more of that feel. And I don't know, Andy kind of can touch on that because he's pretty dialed into the feel of his own DR using it for that long. But that's kind of, kind of what I thought about it. Yeah. I think this one, the, the new one felt, I mean, especially when you weighted it up, uh, you know, exactly how mine's <laughs> weighted or it was weighted, I guess. Um, it feel like, yeah, it's a great way to put it. It's just slightly stiffer, slightly crisper feeling, but it's, it's pretty solid. It's almost, you know, slightly more solid than the, than the DR that, like feeling that is. Um, so I can, I can kind of, I can really relate to the way you described it there. Um, but it's funny because, you know, when you customize, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that, you know, like to customize the racket and put weight on it. And I mean, that's a huge difference when you're demoing rackets. And I remember, you know, trying so many rackets in stock form. And when you're used to something that's, you know, a half ounce or even a full ounce heavier, um, you know, I've always said when I talk to players, I mean, the, the best, I mean, the easiest way to add power to your racket, assuming that you have the swing mechanics and the strengths to do it, is just by adding weight to your racket. So now all of a sudden you're hitting a racket that's almost a full ounce lighter. You're not going to get the same kind of response out of that racket that you're used to. So, um, 
you know, so the weight might also play a role in kind of how, how solid it's feeling too, because that extra, that extra weight kind of helps plow through the ball at contact and provide some stability. But uh, yeah, the feel per- felt pretty similar to the old DR, which I was uh, pretty excited about. And one more thing I want to hit on before we keep going forward is the fact that there are a lot of players out there who maybe have been playing with the DR version of this racket and probably are in the same situation as Andy because we've we've heard the questions. He's heard the questions. But something that he mentioned that I want to make sure that everyone hears is that um, your bracket takes um, a lot of abuse over the years. And when you see the graphite shaving down, it changes the way your racket plays because you're losing weight and you're losing swing weight. And I don't know. I remember we asked Troy to go measure the swing weight on Andy's DR98. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember what the swing weight had dropped to? Yeah, there was a couple that had uh, a little more wear and tear than the others. Uh, I, for a second, had to check to see if it still had a bumper guard on it. But uh, yeah, there was one that was kind of like in the the mid to like upper 320s. So it dropped down kind of like in that mid 320 range on a couple. There was one or two that were still pretty close to his original spec. And then there was one that was a little off the charts, but I don't think <laughs> didn't look like he'd been using that one. I think that one was kind of like in the in the bottom part of his bag off to the side or something <laughs> okay so yeah. anyone out there we get asked all the time how do you know when to change rackets well for sure you know if your graphite has shaved off your racket is probably swinging <laughs> a lot lighter and faster than it was when you first got it so yeah and i just want to add something there too michelle because i think uh, a couple points on that is the weight further towards the tip of the racket, as most people know, affects the swing weight even more. So the head guard being at the very tip of the racket, you know, even that, even as that just starts to shave down just a little bit, that starts to affect the swing weight fairly dramatically. And then also another thing that, um, that Chris, uh, Edwards always like, he, he would always bring up to me about my old DRs too, is kind of the graphite tends to go a little bit dead over time and you lose the responsiveness And I definitely, you know, hitting newer frames, I definitely felt that. I got used to it with my old racket, but uh, just like the crispness and the liveliness off of the frame, I didn't realize kind of what I was missing out on. So that's kind of another aspect too that, you know, you you don't really perceive it as you're hitting with your racket day in and day out. But, uh, you know, especially like you're saying, Michelle, as the graphite wears down, you're definitely getting a different response off of the frame. Yeah, I I like to call that the Del Potro effect. Because yeah. like, like he forever he used like that K factor six yep. one paint job and he wouldn't switch. I don't know if it was like superstition or whatever, but yeah, like he probably was using those. And as big as they hit the ball, especially Del Potro, I'm like they is like the pro tour, but like as big as he hits, you know, it's like that racket. The fibers were probably pretty dead after a while. But then again, I'm like, well, maybe he likes that. You know, he swings so big, it's just like even more dead. You know, it's like Michelle's forehand. You know, give her a piece of, give her a wood racket. You know, like. <laughs> Well, that's how I learned about it, though, was my my first RF, the red and black one. I, it had shaved down so bad that, like, you could see almost, like, into the racket. Yep, yep. And I remember J-Dub or someone was like, uh, you know, the swing weights, like, drops significantly. And I was like, no. And I went to the RDC and I was like, OMG. <laughs> so I'll forever know that one. Okay, so let's get into the rackets that Andy tested. Um, I feel like we kind of broke this play test down into two segments where, and Troy was in charge of this. Troy is like the literally the master racket technician. <laughs> yeah, we're all like we're bow not down. Worthy. We're not we're worthy. Not worthy. There, there's, uh, there's many that have come before me. <laughs> you know, we got a lot of other racket experts in our, uh, you know, that do our MRT You're carrying the torch, man. You're yeah, carrying the torch. Man. But like, as I've said before, is like, if you are holding a racket that Troy has even re-gripped, you're going to know because it's like perfection. Yeah. So, um, Troy, let's have you talk us through like the first batch of rackets that you had Andy test. We actually kept him in the E-Zone line for the first few rackets. And then let's uh, go into some of the other rackets from other brands that we went into. Yeah, for sure. Um, the the first rackets we kind of jumped into, and this was something that me and Andy had chatted about previously when he had been here at T-Dub, you know coaching up, you know, his players and stuff. But um, yeah, he definitely told me that he wanted to try the the current version of his racket as well as uh, a couple additions with the 98 tour, which is a new, a new addition to the E-Zone line, as well as he wanted to try the 100. And I was like, the 100, what are you talking about? Man? You're, not a, you're not a 100 <laughs> not guy. He's like, younger, man. <laughs> you're not getting it. He's like, yeah, I'm not getting any younger. And I'm hitting with all these, you know, hitting with these pro players. And I'm like, 
all right, maybe the plus, but like, come on, 100, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, so we got into those three, the, the, the newest version of his racket, the E-Zone 98 2020 E-Zone 98 Tour, which didn't really need a whole lot of customization because it's already kind of weight. It's, it's a heavier version of the 98. That one just needed barely any tip weight to dial in a swing weight and then uh, a little bit of weight in the handle to bring it up to spec. And then the 100, which also needed quite a bit of weight because that's a that's a 300 gram version versus the 98, which is a 305. And that's also something to mention. And, you know, we'll kind of talk about customization a little bit more in depth. But um, the current E-Zones going from the when it switched from the DR to the 2018 to the 2020, both the 2018 and the 2020 went down five grams. So there's 305 gram frames versus the dr and the ai which were three tens so they did change a little bit of the weight overall um so that's something i had to kind of figure in there just a little uh, five extra grams of filler weight or whatnot to to match to his drs but uh yeah that was sort of the first batch of rackets and then from there um i was you know texting andy i'm like come on man give me something what do you what do you want to try give me he's like oh well maybe you know a couple brands but from there i kind of just went into my experiences of testing and a lot of our review feedback and, you know, similar type of rackets to sort of like an E-Zone 98 or sort of that 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 realm of modern players rackets that, you know, Andy kind of likes, you know, giving them a little bit of that, you know, classic control and feel and connection, touch at the net, but still giving them that kind of modern pop and spin that he looks for from the baseline. So that's kind of when I jumped into all the other rackets that uh, that I chose for him. I don't know if you want me to name them all, but no, let's have Andy talk through those three Yonex rackets first. And maybe you can explain to us like what you experienced, what made one feel better than the other, what you felt different between the E-Zone 98 and the E-Zone 98 Tour, what the 100 felt like, all of the above. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was really excited for that. Um, and again, you know, Troy weighing them all up, um, that, that was, that was really cool. So it was neat to kind of feel the difference in the rackets, even with them, you know, weighted the same and balanced the same. Um, so that was, that was a neat experience. Uh, the first one I picked up was the regular, uh, EZO 98 and, you know, that felt, you know, again, at, at my weight or at the, at the weight of my, my racket, pretty identical. Uh, you know, I felt, you know, slightly crisper, slightly more solid. Maybe that's due to it being a newer frame and the graphite's not worn down, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, kind of the new technology and whatnot, but that, that was a seamless transition for me just to go right into that, the regular, uh, 98, 98 tour was, um, was, you know, like, like Troy said, a little bit flexier, a little bit softer, kind of a more traditional feel, um, and I remember hitting that in its stock form and I think I liked it a little bit more than the regular 98 in stock form, just because the weight was more similar to what I was used to, but I definitely like that slightly crisper response. I always like to use the term and it's so kind of, uh, you know, it's so subjective, but like co comfortably crisp is the, is the feel that I like out of my rackets. And, uh, and that's kind of what the regular 98 had. And I thought the, the 98 tour was just more of that traditional kind of softer plusher feel. So I can definitely say, see how it would appeal to, um, to, to players, but just for me personally, that wasn't quite the response that I was looking for. And then I wanted to hit the 100, you know, I've been a big fan of the, um, the arrow line from Babylon. You know, I like those, I like those 100 square inch rackets, as long as they provide a little bit, um, you know, a little bit of feel. Um, and, you know, so I, I kind of felt like that E-Zone 100 would be a nice one to try. And that was kind of, that ended up being in my top three overall. I, that was one that I took <laughs> home for, you know, or, or I went out on a second date with, um, yeah. So that one obviously is going to play, it's going to play more similar to like that pure arrow, that pure drive, uh, you know, a, um, yeah, that, that type of racket where you're getting a lot more power and forgiveness. I felt like I could take a lot bigger cut at the ball, um, but it lacked a little bit of that, you know, responsiveness and that feel. But, uh, but you know, I did really like it. And, and that was one that I ended up, uh, I ended up trying a little bit more. Nice. So from there, as Troy and Andy have already mentioned, they kind of had some side banter trying to figure out what rackets 
and, and other brands to try. And I know there's actually some brands that have kind of like come up through the ranks since Andy has left Teed Up. I know Technofiber is one. And with Chris in, uh, endorsing, I almost said Chris is endorsing. He's actually using, <laughs> um, with Chris using the TF40. I know he, Andy had an interest in trying that. Obviously, there's some cool new rackets from Prince. Head's been doing an uh, awesome job. Um, so Troy, let's hear... I actually have the list if you don't remember, but I, I let's hear the rackets that you picked for Andy outside of the Yonex brand and why. Let's not give it away. I want to see if Troy can remember. <laughs> he can. <laughs> um, yeah. So just starting off, kind of you mentioned Technofiber. There was a few from Technofiber that I could have picked, but uh, the one I went with was the uh, the T Fight 300 RS, which is their their newest version of the the T Fight line. And that one I picked because of the 98 head size, um, also because of the pretty open 16 19 string pattern. So I know Andy likes you know that bite that spin potential from kind of a more open pattern, a little light in spec, uh, but you know same with the E Zone 100. They're both 300 gram frames something I could definitely easily customize for them. Um, so I went with that one because it, it's, uh, there's a couple others, like I could have went with the 315 in that line, but it, that one's a little stiffer, a little bit, you know, high on the stiffness rating for, I think what Andy typically likes. And this one's kind of like, I think right at 65. So mid sixties. So I went with that one uh, to wait up. He definitely gave that one a shot. Another uh, one that came to mind right away was from head, the extreme tour um, just because I know Andy's liked some of the extremes in the past. If I recall, probably one of his favorite was the IG <laughs> Extreme Pro 2.0. Yes, you know? yes, absolutely. Yeah, man. man I, I, still remember, I still remember reviewing that racket with you, man. You yep. yep. That was one of, that was probably one of my favorite uh play tests of the entire time I was there. I love that racket. Yep. I was gonna say, should we do this popcorn style? So Troy, you talk about a racket and then Andy, we hear your feedback on it. Yeah, I could I can start with the Technofiber one. You know, it was kind of a it, it was a really fun format. You know, I got to hit all these rackets uh, kind of rapid fire, which was which was pretty cool. I did it. You know, when you guys watched the video, I kind of did it live like that. I didn't I didn't I didn't hit the rackets beforehand. So you know, fun format. Got to hit a lot of different ones, um, but at the same time, I didn't get to hit it you know, a lot. So, um, kind of take my feedback with a grain of salt. Cause I think if I, if I experimented it, experimented with it from all areas of the court and in point play, maybe my experience would have been, you know, slightly different, but, um, I remember that Technofiber, I, I really liked it. I know, um, you know, there's a lot of players that I've seen, you know, around me that have switched to that, um, switched to that line and that have really liked it. So I was excited to try it. Um, if I can recall, um, it was, it was a little lively for my, for my liking. Yeah. I think that that pattern felt, um, even more open than the 1619s that I'm used to. So I didn't quite feel like I could control the ball quite as much as I, uh, nor normally would with the ESO 98 or the DR 98. Um, but I really liked the feel of it. I think you nailed it with the, with the, with the stiffness of the racket. That was kind of right in my wheelhouse. So I really liked the feel, um, and, uh, but yeah, just a little bit too lively off the stream bed. But I think if you're a play, if you're a player that likes the modern player's racket that, that, but wants more spin potential, um, that that's an awesome one. And then, yeah, the extreme tour, I really like that one too. Like Troy mentioned that, you know, I've always been a fan of the extreme line, um, and really like that one. That one, if I can recall, I think was just slightly crisper feeling um, than the E-Zones and didn't quite provide the same kind of connection to the ball. Um, I always liked the, the, the Extreme Pro, which was kind of in that pure arrow type of line. So it's never, you know, that's never been a racket that's provided, you know, a ton of like connection to the ball and feel that I like. Um, and ultimately that's, what's kind of steered me away from those types of rackets is it's like, they feel great when you're dialed in, but if I'm not playing that great on a particular day and I just kind of want to like feel my way around the court a little bit, um, you know, I have a trouble, I have trouble kind of dialing it in with that type of racket. So, um, the extreme tour was a little bit more control oriented than the extreme pros that I had tried in the past, but still kind of had that stiffer layup, um, probably slightly too stiff, um, uh, or not too stiff, but just stiffer than I would have liked. But, uh, but that one was, that one was probably, I'd rank it probably fourth of the, uh, of the ones that I tried. I think it's funny when he's talking about, cause I feel the same way with like, he's talking about like the really modern rackets, a pure arrow, pure drive, you know, they're great. You know, when you feel like the day you're hitting like Fognini, you know, where you just strike your tree and you're striking the ball, yep. you know, but then like 
if you're having a bad day, like I feel like I have to kind of like slice and dice and kind of fill the ball and get my groove back. Michelle, I'm sitting here thinking about Michelle and she's like, no, that's what I like about him. You just, that, swing, no, you just swing harder and like hit your yeah. way out of it. <laughs> Literally what you guys both just said. I was like, wow, I feel the exact opposite about that racket. Yeah. I, I want to share. Oh, no, yeah, ahead, no, I was just going to say, I prefer my RF because it makes me like have to work harder to be better when I'm playing well. <laughs> I want to share a quick story. I love this. This will always stick in my head. Uh, So I had, I, uh, my buddy Trevor that I used to play doubles with, um, and, and used to travel around with, I, I shared him, uh, with Michelle (laughs) doubles tournament and, uh, and Trevor and I used to compliment each other really well. You know, I was the control guy. I was like fast up the net and I was putting a lot of balls in play and Trevor's this like six, six dude who was doing CrossFit every day off of the court and just like blasting serves and blasting returns. And like when he was dialed in, it was just dangerous. And so Michelle got to play a mixed doubles tournament with Trevor and, uh, and, and ended up beating Britt and I in the finals. That was a battle. But Michelle admitted that the the adjustment that Trevor offered her at the end of the second set, I think, was one of the best pieces of advice she ever uh, she ever got on a doubles court. Is I think you like went to the side and you're like, God, I'm just trying to like you know feel the ball and whatever. I'm just not quite. And Trevor just looks at her and goes, Just swing harder then. <laughs> <laughs> and just sure send up, yeah, it. sure enough. It. Like, oh, okay, and that was it. And then, like, both of them were blasting returns, and there was nothing that we could do. And so, uh, yeah, some people anyway, just but, get me. Yeah, there you go. There He's you go. like, "Who does that? Are you talking to Andy or what?" <laughs> right. Yeah, Andy's over there talking to Britt. Like, well, I just think, if, like, yeah, yeah, yeah work, work the angles, we'll work the angles, the close the middle. <laughs> and Trevor's like find like the find a target and just blast it <laughs> <laughs> so different strokes for different folks right exactly. that's, the lesson. <laughs> that's funny <laughs> oh speaking of uh powerful rackets <laughs> what else did you have uh troy i know maybe we we're on the same page i was gonna say there were two prince rackets that came up i know andy was interested in trying and one was like more of a very classic feeling racket and one was more modern so maybe you can talk about those two yeah yeah i know andy mentioned he did want to try a prince um going back to when he wasn't uh or, you know when you took a took some time off from using yonix rackets in your past i know you used the old uh, prince was at the warrior diablo Diablo in college and then i used the yeah when it when it was reissued i used the uh, triple threat warrior for a little bit and that was the yeah. best volume racket i've ever played with it made me feel like raptor <laughs> <laughs> yeah so knowing knowing andy's history with a couple prince rackets um a couple uh newer selections from prince we had the synergy 98 which is more of the, like Michelle said, the classic feeling one, a little more flexy, um, a little bit more feel and connection of the ball. I, you know, a lot of the play testers kind of put it in that same class as like a blade 98 kind of flexible kind of modern players frame. And then the other one uh, was almost like our chance to kind of sneak peek a racket that we already have um, uh, Prince twist power X. Uh, I think it's the X 100 that we already have on the website. We're getting a new addition to the line, the, X, I don't even, we had a hard time saying it yeah. in the video, but it's <laughs> the 97 X97 tour, right? tour, yeah. X97 <laughs> tour twist power, you know, it's got the twisted, <laughs> twisted throat. But, uh, if you actually, you know, step aside and, you know, forget about the twisted throat and whatever, uh, if you just look at the specs, kind of the way that racket plays, I was like, okay, that might be a perfect one right there. Cause it's not too stiff, not too flexy. It's got sort of that modern feel easy pop, but it's not, you know, a completely dead or like overly flexible racket. So I thought that one was a good one to throw in the mix at the, at the very end talk, especially talking to Jason. Cause Jason uh, has recently switched to the, to the 100 version. He's like, dude, you got to give him, try to get him to try that 97 X. I was like, all right, man, whatever. <laughs> um, but then it was easy. It was easy to customize. And so we took, we had you take those two for a spin around the block. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and really liked them too. Um, again, you were really dialed in with all the rackets you picked. They were kind of all right in my wheelhouse. Um, that Synergy 98 kind of took me back to the, uh, is it the 03 tour? Is that what the, the old Ferrer racket? Um, I think that's the name. I'm not. Yeah, it was 03. Then it went EX03. And yeah, there was yes. quite a few generations. Yeah. That or, the orange one, though, with the ports and the more open string pattern. Um, that's yeah. what it kind of reminded me. Or was that the 1818 that I tried? Yeah, I was going to say, I want okay. you to talk about the 1818 string bed. So, yeah. There's been so, a lot of questions about that. 
Yeah. So the feel reminded me of that, that kind of that classic O3. So very soft, very plush. Um, and then the 1818 string pattern was interesting. I think, um, you know, it felt more like an open pattern than a closed. Um, and I think that kind of, yeah, I mean, I, it, so the ball was definitely kind of flying a little bit off of the racket. I know Troy only had time to string 13 rackets and that might've been the 14th one that he didn't have yeah. to. I didn't get to string all of, all of the ones in the mix. I, so, I missed the cut by a couple, but. <laughs> no, so I, so that one, I just, I, I lacked a little bit of connection to the ball with. It was a little bit too dampened feeling for me. But um, again, I was a big fan of that O3 back in the day. It was super, it was like a really comfortable modern players racket. So, um, you know, again, I, I think. I think that, uh, I think that one you're talking about, we might've, said in a review it's like a, a baseliner's dream you know yeah you could, could just camp out at the baseline all day <laughs> exactly you you swing away <laughs> slug away yeah man Troy, your memory dude is out of control um i know seriously. <laughs> so yeah so so ultimately it wasn't uh wasn't the biggest fan of the synergy but again that might have been you know a little bit because of the you know the kind of the older strings in there but i think if you're looking for you know kind of that livelier feel like the technofiber had but with a soft plush really comfortable response um you know definitely one to try the twist power uh 97 the, the x97 tour that one was a big surprise so that ended up being uh, you know one of the ones that i that i gave a rose to after the first, <laughs> after the first day um i really like that racket that that reminded me actually um of the warrior 97 square inches um but it the I don't know if it was the tech, the, the throat technology or whatnot, but it had that like really soft, comfortable feel, but yet still really solid feeling because sometimes those rackets can feel a little bit flimsy to me. Um, so it had a really good blend. And then like on top of that, it was really soft plush feeling, but very well connected to the ball. Um, so that was, that's definitely a line. I, and the cool thing too, with the 97 and the 100, I think there's like a, you know, there's a racket out there for everybody in, in a sense. So um, when those come out, if you have a chance to demo them, I would definitely recommend it um, because it, it was a really, really nice feeling racket, really solid feeling, um, you know, great around the net, had the touch, had the feel, um, was was forgiving too for a 97 square inch frame. So yeah, ultimately really like that and kind of similar response off the string bed to the, to the Warrior. I think that's a 16, 19 pattern also um that was one of the favorites for me yeah and if you and with those twisted rackets if you get over the twisted part of the throat if that's something that you know some people just you know automatically think oh it's a gimmick or whatever but the thing for me with those frames is it's kind of like some similar type of layup or frame design to some of the older babalots where like it has that sort of aerodynamic kind of like modern throat that rounded throat but if you get into the hoop of the uh the the frame construction of the hoop, it's got that boxy rectangular shape in the hoop. So I think that's what's to me is one of the, one of the unique things is it kind of gives you that modern feel from the throat. And then you get a lot of that feedback and that pocketing from that box beam in the hoop. Yeah, that makes sense. And I was kind of one of those people that when I started hitting it, I was like, Oh, this is going to be gimmicky, but I really like it. This, that racket too. It's super fun to play with. Um, you really like the ball just, feels amazing on the string bed mm -hmm. which is something that i feel also with the drs so and the new e-zones but yeah um and just an fyi out there we did not lead andy at all as a, I promise, like, I promise. Yep. <laughs> we did not tell him what to pick what to <laughs> we promise so <laughs> he has no uh horse in the prince game but he really did like that racket um there's another racket that he got to try. Actually, there's two more, I think, that we haven't talked about. But one, unfortunately, I feel like this brand sometimes gets forgotten, but they make really solid rackets. And I feel like they're a contender every single time when someone's like, ooh, I want a racket like a Pure Drive or a Pure Arrow or an Ezo 98 replacement. So, Troy, maybe you can talk about the Dunlop racket that you pulled for Andy. Yeah, so uh, definitely wanted to throw a Dunlop in there because I'm a big fan of Dunlop. I come from, you know, some of the classic Dunlop player frames going back to their old two hundreds and whatnot. And I've always liked the feel of the rackets. And I do think, yeah, obviously they, they're one of the brands that gets overlooked. They don't have a ton of uh tour representation nowadays compared mm -hmm. to going back to, to the older days when they used to have my man, James Blake fired up one time <laughs> for the forehand. Um, J -Bot. 
fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the one I picked was the FX 500 Tour. So basically, the FX uh, line of rackets for Dunlop is kind of like you know, and I, I don't want to always compare them to Battle Lot, or it's just kind of the easiest analogy because the Pure Drive is one of the most popular rackets on uh, in the market. But you know, it's kind of like their their version of a Pure Drive. I think what they do better than the pure drive is they, they still give you some of that power, maybe not as much raw power as the pure drive, but definitely more comfort dampening and a little bit more feel for the ball. But the reason I picked the FX 500 tours, cause it's the, the 98 head size. So slightly smaller than their FX 500 um, and has pretty good control and feel, even though it's mostly a power racket, a little bit thinner beam and uh in stock form it's pretty fast and whippy but i had it dialed into andy's spec so i don't know Andy can give his thoughts on how he liked it yeah i think that's a perfect way to describe it and it's kind of exactly what it felt like um for me it kind of fit in between you know like you're saying it kind of had the babble like a pure drive feel but then it had the smaller head size and you know you know again i, I got to try it at, at my weight and balance but i think you know lighter and whippier you know it's going to give you that kind of modern uh you know easy to swing feeling um didn't didn't quite connect with this one i've i've also like you try been a big fan of the dunlops in the past um but for me it was a little bit it was similar to the tectifiber um in that it was kind of that blend of um that kind of blend of attributes um but a little too lively a little too stiff um for my liking and then we had one that was kind of out of that 98 197 square inch head so i had size. to throw this one in <laughs> He was, he heard Andy say he needed a bigger head and he went smaller. So <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> talk about that racket, Troy. <laughs> this was my, my dark horse wildcard pick right here. <laughs> uh, it was a good one, man. Yeah. It was a good one. Yeah. That's the new V-Core 95. So the, the newest iteration of the V-Core 95. I know Andy, I think you tested maybe going back to like the SV. I think we might have been on that. I think we yep. might, might have all been on that review together. But the the Shapo racket, now the the giddy up Marcos Giron racket. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I had to throw that in there because I've been hitting it a lot lately. Uh, a lot of people giving feedback on the message boards. A lot of you know online reviews of that that racket, and a lot of people say that it, you know it plays bigger than a ninety five, which I think it does. Kind of plays more like a ninety eight. It's got a big sweet spot. Uh, fairly spin friendly for a 1620 and it's probably one of the more at least in the throat region it's kind of has that that kind of flexible feel but still a decent amount of pop so uh just knowing andy's history of like yonix mids the nostalgia <laughs> you know the red racket that he used to play with the rdis or whatever i was like oh, i gotta let him make, make sure it gives it a try at least let, <laughs> let him hit it yeah and, uh, yeah i really like that one but maybe andy can give us feedback on uh that no, it, was a, it was a great pick, man. And, and I did really like it. Um, you know, reminded me of that SV 95. And then before that was at the V core tour 93 or something. Uh, I don't know if I'm butchering the name on that. Yeah. There was like a tour F and then a tour F that's what it was. Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, kind of right along those lines felt, you know, very much right at home. Uh, a lot like those Yonex mids, incredible feel connection to the ball, like just totally like a magic wand in your hand, you know? Yeah, loved it. It was a great pick. Uh, I just think for me, like you said, I was kind of erring more on the side of something a little bit more forgiving, uh, just because, uh, you know, the game's not getting any easier. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, feel-wise, I loved it as much as any racket that I that I hit. I just, uh, you know, with the amount of, of hitting and kind of teaching that I'm doing these days, I want something that's a little bit more forgiving. But, you know, players out there that, that want that classic, mid feel i mean it's still it still kind of has that modern comfortably crisp feeling too you know it's got that it's got that pop off the string bed but you're going to feel totally connected to the ball so anyone looking for that more traditional feel that's i imagine about as good as it gets out there right now in that in that realm uh it felt really really good yeah if i could have caught andy off coming off the court of one of his old cal poly matches take gone back in time you know <laughs> right in the wheelhouse yeah hey, this is the perfect. this is the 2021 v core <laughs> i could have could have made the switch back then but. <laughs> probably yeah. and then we'd be trying to replace that racket um <laughs> uh, was that it did i miss any trying was, to think i think that's it i think we yeah i was gonna say uh that's that was it so i mean that's a lot of rackets uh andy like he mentioned it was very quick fire kind of thing so uh tell us the ones that you took with you and uh if you have a top three 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's go from there. How did, how did the dates go? Yeah. Did, did you, you know, did you just drop them off at the curb or did you walk up to the porch? Did you get the kiss on the cheek? Yeah, no, they all, uh, they were all really good to me, man. It was a hard, it was a hard choice. Uh, the three that I took, the three that I took with me after the video was the E-Zone 98, the E-Zone 100, and then the Twist Power X97 Tour. Uh, wanted to definitely hit those a little bit more and, and get a feel for them. Uh, I definitely felt myself gravitating towards the 98 uh, more than, you know, the, the most of, of the three. Uh, it just felt so familiar to me. Uh, which was really nice. And I know, I, you know, I always go back to when I was in high school and my coach that switched me out of the battle, the original Babel up here control that I was using at the time. Uh, he switched me into my first Yonex mid and he says, when you're demoing rackets, he goes, do not pick up the one. Don't, don't pick up your old racket because that's always going to feel like the most comfortable to you. And so uh, I, I think I, I definitely fell for that because uh, <laughs> it, it, it did feel the most similar and the most comfortable to me. Um, so I gravitated towards that one. Uh, the, the 100, I, I also gravitated towards, uh, that was a fun one to like, I was feeding rack. I was feeding a lot with that one. Mm. Um, you know, the, the times where, you know, I was just kind of looking, you know, wanted something easy to hit with something powerful, something forgiving. and wasn't, you know, wasn't kind of going all out. That was the one that I ended up gravitating towards. Um, really liked the extra power and spin that I got out of that one. Um, and then the twist power 97, it, you know, it had that slightly different feel than the other ones. Um, but again, really, really liked it. I, I play ended up playing a double set with that. Um, and, and that went really well too, you know, it, it I, getting to play it from all the different areas of the court, it, you know, I got the response that I wanted out of it from, from every area. So felt good on serves, felt amazing on the volley. Um, you know, Prince through the years has kind of nailed that 97 square inch frame. Uh, and, and, and this one was no different. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, I, I don't have a lot, whole lot of criticism. I guess the first one that I put I put down and uh, I guess it's going to be a little bit anticlimactic, but uh, you know, I put down the twist power one first, probably uh, just the feel was a little bit different, you know, more different than I wanted. Um, you know, I, I coming out of the DR 98, it wasn't like I was, you know, I, I know a lot of people switch rackets and they're looking for something different. You know, they're looking for something with, you know, I want more of this, or I want it to feel a little bit more of this. And, and, you know, I'm coming away from the DR 98. I wanted something that felt, pretty similar to that. Um, and the twist power just had that slightly different response off the string bed, whether it's the, you know, whether it's the layup of the frame and the kind of the, the throat technology. Um, and then what I've always talked about too, I, I got used to the isometric head shape of the Yonex. So it is kind of a little bit weird for me to go back to a more of a circular and oval head. It, it does have a different feel. So which is funny because we get a lot of questions the opposite way. Is right. it hard transitioning into so right. it's so, good to hear that. Yeah, maybe it is, I guess. I don't know. I've always really liked it. I think they always play, you know, like Troy's mentioned, they play about two to three square inches larger than they actually are because of that, you know, kind of enlarged sweet spot that you get from the from the head shape. So anyways, put the twist power down and then it kind of came down to the 98 and the 100. And I kind of had the same, you know, same kind of experience that I always did. The hundred felt great when I was swinging free and easy and everything felt really good. But then, you know, there was a day that, you know, I didn't quite have the feel that I wanted out there. I hadn't hit in a couple of days and I'm trying to chip my way through, uh, you know, through some baseline games and didn't quite have the control and feel that I wanted. So end up gravitating back towards the ESO 98. And that's kind of what I ended up, uh, ended up settling on was that was the new, the new ESO 98. <laughs> Boom. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I know, uh, you know, there's been a lot of feedback out there that it's, that it's not, doesn't feel the same as the DR, uh, 98. And there's a lot of people out there that, you know, are still using that racket for the same reasons that I was. It's just that they, they had trouble kind of finding that, finding that uh, racket that's super similar, but, uh, you know, the time has come. I think anyone that's still in a DR 98, their, their frames are probably looking pretty similar to mine. So there's only so many times you can replace the head guard on it. And, um, and I think this, you know, I think Yonex did an amazing job with this racket. I mean, it feels, it feels pretty similar, you know, nothing's going to be exactly the same. Um, but you know, there's been so many of those rackets in the past, you know, Troy, you mentioned the Del Potro switch from the K61, you know, and, and that's another one where I know people fell in love with that iteration and had trouble switching out, but 
you know, I think, a, you know, after a small adjustment period, uh, and again, for me, it, it wasn't really much of an adjustment at all, but uh, I think that's that that line is is definitely, you know, worth trying. And then again, if you want something a little bit different out of your racket, you want to go with something a little more forgiving or, you know, slightly different feel or response. And there's a lot of other great options out there for you, too. And just uh, real quick, you're talking about like some of the feedback you've heard from players, you know, that try to switch out of the, the DR to the newest one or whatnot. Um, can you touch on like just comfort wise what you were noticing so far when you hit it? Did it feel it's feel pretty comfortable overall? Um, I know on paper the DR was like a 62 stiffness uh, when we measure it on the RDC machine in the throat, and I think the new one's like 64. And yeah. so that's like a you know people see that oh my god it's it's stiffer now and you know it's a, it's an elbow killer. I mean, I've I've hit with it quite a bit. I've hit with the plus version, which is the, my racket which is also a 64 rated on the RDC machine. And I also know that you touched on earlier, the amount of weight that we put on that racket also helps a lot with, you know, reducing vibration. We even, you know, for the sake of uh, adding weight to the handle, I put a little tungsten putty in the handle. I know that also helps with a little bit of vibration dampening. And then it's already has the, the Yonex technology, the, the vibration dampening mesh in the handle. Um, yeah. Just, just your thoughts on the comfort so far. Yeah. So again, I'm, I'm super fortunate that you doctored those rackets up to my, to my specs. So, you know, I'm not hitting these in stock form. So I, I hope, um, you know, people can kind of remember that. Um, but the way you described it is exactly what I felt. It's slightly crisper feeling, slightly stiffer feeling. Um, by no means did I find it uncomfortable. Um, and, you know, by no means did I find it too stiff. It was just that slightly more solid, slightly more responsive feeling than VR. Not quite as plush, but I'd say the difference is what, five, 10%, something like that. So yeah, it's not going to be identical, but by no means did I did I feel like that was a deal breaker. But that, that slightly stiffer, crisper feeling was exactly kind of what I got out of it. Just a, a little bit more pop off of the off of the racket but the 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 added stiffness was definitely not a deal breaker for me uh it didn't it didn't feel didn't feel a lot different it just felt a little bit a little bit different yeah and then also just another note of how we set it up uh, with the string we i used uh Selenko confidential the 16l 1.25 millimeter and then what tension did you uh prefer on that you asked for uh i can't remember. yeah i think i I normally stream my rackets at 45, 45. Um, and I do it with a pre-stretch. So it ends up coming out. Michelle's shaking her head. She's going, what the heck are these guys? Uh, Michelle's like, give me that two by four with a poly at 57 and let me swing for the fences. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, my mine typically come out pretty, pretty stiff because I, I pre-stretch it or I give it a double pull. Um, so I take, you know, I take a lot of care to try to eliminate as much of the uh, tension loss as I can right off the stringer. So I think you might've strung it a couple pounds tighter, but I know you do, you do a kind of a similar job that I do. So they came out, came off nice and crisp off of the, off of the stringer. It took a couple days to actually kind of soften up to what I was used to. Um, but yeah, kind of in that mid to high, um, you know, 40 range. I do want to make a note on tension though. This was something that I always got asked at tennis warehouse and I, and I continue to get asked by the players that I work with now that I'm coaching and people get kind of obsessed with the tension of rackets and they want to know, okay, well, what's the pro, you know, what's Roger use? What does Rafa use? And da, 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 da. And I think it's important to remember that all of the pro or maybe not all, maybe that's not fair, but most of the pros are constantly changing their tension based on the the conditions that they're playing in. So they're more looking for the consistent response off of the string bed that they're used to. And so, you know, a lot of that is going to depend on the conditions that you played in. Like Michelle, you played your college tennis up at altitude and, you know, people are playing in humidity or heat or, um, you know, it's colder, hotter air. And that tension will vary, you know, a few pounds, maybe even three to five pounds, depending on the response that you're wanting. So don't, I, I encourage players to not get like locked in on attention. Um, use the tension to kind of get, get the response you want off of, off of the string bed. So if you're playing in kind of a more, a colder, more dead, a heavier setting, you can drop the tension a couple pounds to give you, give you a little bit more liveliness off of the string bed. And then conversely, if you're going up in altitude, it's hotter, you're going into some drier air and the ball's going to fly a little bit, you know, like an Indian Wells type of condition or Las Vegas, something like that. Don't be afraid to add three or four pounds, um, to, to your tension to give you the, the little added control. So that was a little, little side note. <laughs> nice. 
It's always good to, yeah, talk about that. I've been getting asked a lot of questions about tension lately too. And it's like always the first thing I ask is like, what are you actually looking for out of your string bed? For me, I'm obviously, that's where I find my control. Like, so I don't want any feel. I don't want any pocketing. (laughs) And that's where I string the way I do. And it doesn't mean it's wrong or right, but it works for me. And so Andy likes to feel the ball. Troy likes to feel the ball. They both string much lower than I do. I can respect that. We can still be friends. (laughs) Yeah. And and there's people all over the map too. You know, like you mentioned, you like, you know, I know at least back in the day, you were liking your, your polys at mid to high 50 pound range. And that's, that's very stiff, you know, Um, but again, you love it and it works for you. And, you know, you've got very sound stroke mechanics and you like to take big cuts at the ball. And so, um, you know, that's the response you want. And then there's pros that, you know, I know Jack Sock back in the day was stringing down in like the thirties, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's, and there's pros all over the map from, you know, 40 to 60 pounds and stuff. And so there really isn't a, like a one-all fits all type of tension. I mean, it's really, I was going through this with one of the junior players that I work with. And I said, dude, just string up like three or four rackets. Do one at 55, 52, 48, Mm -hmm. 44. And like, just see, you know, just feel. And that's, that's the best way for people to, I think, start experimenting with the feel of their racket. You know, if you can afford to, to, to string up a couple rackets at a different tension and start to build your own kind of feel and perception of what's going on, and then you can kind of manipulate it from there. Yeah. And then just also with the pros, you know, it's like, oh, you, like you were saying, what does Ro- Roger use or what is Novak? You got to think like Roger, Novak, Serena, players like that that are using gut hybrids mm-hmm. or especially gut in the mains their tensions are going to be quite a bit higher. I, mm-hmm. I know for me, like with the full poly, I'm around the, the Andy range. I've gone anywhere from like 40 to 45 to 47, depending on the racket and the pattern. But if I'm using a gut hybrid, natural gut hybrids are powerful. I can go up into the 55, what yep. kind of Michelle's tension is with the full poly. But yeah, yeah that that's kind of like, you know, I, I can go 10 pounds higher or seven pounds higher and get away with it because the gut just is so inherently soft, inherently powerful. Whereas the polys, especially the thicker gauge polys are just so dead that you have to really drop the tension to get a pocket. So think about the string you're using. Not only that, the head size, are you a 95 to a 105? That's a big difference there. And then mm-hmm. the, you know, the pattern, you know, 1820 on a 95 shoot, I could go down to 35 pounds and be fine, <laughs> but you get a, a really open 16, 19 pattern like that technofiber racket you're talking and that I could probably go up to 52 and be fine. So, yeah. Yeah. We could talk about strings for a whole yeah, episode, yeah. I think, <laughs> which is always fun. Okay, so we got Andy. He has moved on from the DR to the 2020 ESO 98. Ooh. You heard it here first, you guys. So next time anyone asks, what rack is Andy using? <laughs> now you know. <laughs> now you know. Now you know. Yeah. Um, anything else to mention from your play test or anything else you want to add about any of that? Um, no, I, I want to thank you guys. I mean, I know you guys put a ton of effort into that and, uh, I'm, I'm super, super fortunate. I know a lot of players, you know, even a lot of pros don't even necessarily get to experience that. So that was a really, really cool. I'm very grateful for you guys for doing that. And Troy for taking all the time to, to doctor those rackets up. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, I think, you know, it, it's been fun, you know, a lot of people kind of still reach out and ask me, you know, my thoughts on, you know, new rackets and shoes and string and stuff like that. And, um, you know, ever since I left the warehouse, uh, I have been pretty kind of settled in with what I was using. You know, I left using a gut poly hybrid and switched to a full bed of poly, um, and that's really all I've changed. I haven't really hit anything new. Um, and, you know, that was one of the really, really fun things about our job that I really liked was that you get to hit everything. So it was fun to kind of go back and and do that and, and get a feel for what's out there and where the, you know, kind of the, the racket technology is going and, and where the industry is going a little bit. So I really enjoyed that process. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not really experimenting with rackets all that much. You know, I kind of, one of the fortunate things was, uh, you know, being there, I got to really dial in exactly what I, what I wanted getting to hit with all the different rackets and understanding, you know, all the TWU stuff and, you know, kind of getting to know, tennis gear I really dialed it in and, and didn't really have much interest to <laughs> to switch so yeah so so it was fun to kind of dive back in and, and, and play test some new stuff and I'm sure you know I know I got to hit quite a few rackets but you know I'm sure there's even more out there that um 
that are that are great feeling but i but i'm definitely not up on the uh, on the tennis gear all the new stuff coming out like i used to be <laughs> well, well you know andy when you find the perfect 10 you don't really have to move on you know? <laughs> okay and that's that the thing right up. i mean that's, that's the thing right that that's comes thing. up that still comes up and like for anyone listening it was super fun at least i'm speaking for myself but i know troy also agrees it was super fun for us to have andy and it felt like old times. We had our video guys who, you know, have known Andy forever since his first day. And it was just like, we literally, like, I think we spent probably a half hour just chatting before we even started. And the video team was like, okay, we, we only have two hours. <laughs> um, so it was like, definitely like a nostalgic vibe. <laughs> and yeah. It was, it was super fun. It was fun. I, you know, I feel so, so fortunate and grateful to be part of the T-Dub family. Uh, such, and yeah. It's that's just such what I was going to say. You'll yeah. always be, a part, you and Hannah and everyone else <laughs> that's come through will always be part of our T-Dub fam. Because I know we get asked a lot and uh, maybe you can update the, our listeners on what's going on in your world and what's, yeah. what's on your horizon. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I left tennis warehouse. Um, I guess it's coming up on four years now, which is crazy. That's flown by. Um, I left to get back into coaching full time, um, had some crazy, uh, turns of events. Uh, I, I guess still am. It's been a kind of a crazy four years and that's a much longer story than I think we've got time for right now. But, um, yeah, I got to, coach on the tour. Um, I got to kind of help manage a, a junior program back at the, at the club where Michelle and I both grew up back in the day. Um, and, um, got to work for the USTA as a national coach, which was an incredible learning experience for me. Um, that, that really helped kind of mold me, mold my coaching philosophy a lot. Um, and then now most, uh, most recently, I'm really excited going to be joining the Cello International Tennis Academy up in, uh, Fairfield, California in the East Bay. Um, so really excited for that. Going to start up there June 1st and uh, get to work alongside the legendary coach, Phil Sello. Um, he's been, he's been coaching up there for, uh, I think 50 years actually. So he's, he's got a ton of experience and I've gotten to spend some time with him already and, um, already learned a lot. So really excited to go up there and, and join forces with him and, um, you know, just kind of start developing players from a young age. I think that's, that's, what's really exciting to me. I got to spend a lot of time on the pro tour, which, which taught me a lot. Um, but you know, the younger you get to start working with players, I think the more teaching you get to do, the more molding you get to do in their games. And, and that's really exciting for me. So getting to be around a great mentor, um, is super exciting getting to be in a great area too. And, uh, and yeah, getting to, getting to kind of work with these young players is, is going to be really fun. So really excited for that. Nice. And I know Troy, I feel like Troy, this should be your question. Do you want to tell the people about how many miles you run nowadays? <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted Troy yeah. to ask. <laughs> Troy, well, Troy, tell and or tell the listeners what racket you are initially going to give Andy to demo because of his recent accomplishments. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. I'll tell it. <laughs> no, I, I'm like, brain dead right now on that one no so andy recently ran an ultra marathon i'll just oh, tell yeah, everyone yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. i was like thinking i was like what's the name of that race what's the name of that uh, race? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. moab or zion it was yeah we're in zion yeah okay gotcha. yeah. so andy yeah. can tell that story so then of course uh troy has been his one-liners have been on fire lately so <laughs> he said he said we were gonna get andy the wilson ultra 100 to switch to yeah. Yeah. I, I somehow, <laughs> yeah, I've lost my mind in recent years and gotten into uh, long distance running and it started with uh, half marathons and progressed to the LA marathon, basically the day before the world shut down, which was kind of nuts last year. Um, first weekend of March, Hannah and I both ran the LA marathon and then, uh, you know, COVID hit and the gyms closed and I, well, all there was to do was run and stuff and my bike got stolen. So I couldn't bike. So, uh, got into running and, and always been kind of intrigued by ultra running. Uh, you know, I read born to run back in the day and I need to go back and reread it because it's such a great book, but that kind of sparked my interest. And then, um, you know, I listened to a couple podcasts about ultra running and stuff. And, uh, you know, I kind of had this, you know, this is going to sound really cheesy, but um, it's been really impactful. You know, I kind of had this revelation one day uh, in the last year or two 
I was listening to a new guy talk and he was saying how, you know, we all look, we all look at, you know, we watch these documentaries on Netflix and we listen to these people talk and like, they kind of become our heroes or our role models, you know, and you go, oh, I can't believe that like, you know, they can do something like that. And kind of the, the theme of this guy's talk was like, hey, be your own hero, man, go out and do it. There's no reason why you can't do it. So I kind of adopted that mentality with the running. And, uh, and I was like, you know what, I've always wondered how these guys did the ultra running. I'm going to dive in and try to knock this out and do it myself. So, um, you know, I got a coach cause that was, that was super important. I knew running all those miles. I wanted to do it the right way. And I know it'd be easy to kind of overtrain and get hurt. So I got a coach, got on a training program and, uh, I've gotten to do a couple of really cool trips. I did a six day, 100 mile run slash retreat through the Colorado mountains. That was just an insane experience with, uh, Ricky Gates. He's a, he's an ultra runner and, uh, an ambassador for Solomon running. If anyone's out there that nerds out on YouTube videos for running, you probably know who Ricky is. Um, and then, yeah, then ran this hundred uh, K, uh, race in Zion last month, 62 miles. And yeah, I don't know how it happened, but it, it happened <laughs> and I got through it and Hannah got to pace me for the last 19 miles, which was, which was really, really cool. Got to do that with her. So, um, yeah, I don't know, just gotten into it, really like it, uh, taking a little bit of a hiatus from it now and kind of getting back into some other activities, but I would, I would definitely do it again. It was an incredible experience. Nice. That's awesome. And quite the accomplishment. Even just yeah. hearing that Hannah paced the last 19 miles, that's like mind blowing. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. She, uh, you know, the nature of these, they take a while. So I ran it a little over 16 hours. So we started at six in the morning. We finished at, uh, you know, a little after 10 at night. Wow. And, uh, and Hannah, um, you know, she was a trooper. We were by the end of it, we were, you know, the last, you know, seven, eight miles of it. We're running in the pitch dark. Uh, we both got headlamps on and I don't think she had experienced that before running in the dark. And, and it was funny. The last loop we were doing was like on this single track trail. All of it was on trail, but this last little part was like single track trail. And there's all these like little cacti along the side of the trail when we're in the pitch dark and I, my legs are going on me, you know, and it was like, we didn't want to get hit by these little ankle biter <laughs> cacti. Cause that could have been, that could have been bad, but no, she was, she was a trooper. She came in with such amazing energy and positivity and helped me kind of finish that, finish that race. And we had a couple other friends there that, um, you know, that helped me through and, it was a, it was a really, really, really cool experience. So anyone that's, uh, anyone that's remotely interested in, in that, I would definitely recommend diving in and, uh, giving it yeah. a try. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. And a, si a little side plug for runningwarehouse.com. <laughs> yeah. I, be, I started to become like a huge fan of, uh, a huge fan of running warehouse. It was funny. Cause I, you know, we'd always do all the tennis videos and I started watching all the, all the running videos. Yeah. Um, and you know, Connor Brit's Brit's brother's doing an awesome job with all the reviews yeah. for running. So I'm a Hoka guy, you know, I, I got into the Hokas and I, and I got some Hoka trail shoes and got some Hoka, uh, road shoes, but, uh, yeah, it was all the, all the running warehouse videos that I ended up watching at one in the morning. So everyone <laughs> out there that, that watches all goes down the rabbit hole of all of our tennis, you know, racket reviews and stuff. I'm, I'm doing the same thing for running now. So yeah, nerded out, nerding out on that stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. And they, they've started to do some longer format, um, kind of question answers with some people in the industry. So yeah, dive in. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of content. Yep. <laughs> cool. Well, I feel like we should have like more check-ins more often with you, Andy. I know even when you were here, we started talking about coaching mindset and how yours has changed. And I'd love to have that conversation at a future point yeah. because I thought that was super interesting and it will be good to hear how you've settled in in your new spot and all of that. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I would love to. Anytime I can, we can talk about coaching, uh, you know, I, I feel like I've kind of found my passion with that. I love doing it. And so, um, yeah, we got to talk gear on this one. This yes. kind of brought me back to the old days, but, uh, yeah, anytime I'd love to love to be on here and, uh, would love to talk coaching with you and, uh, anything. Yeah. I, yeah, I love man. Being, yeah. Let's talk. When, let's when, talk you, uh, man. when you move up to the Bay, you can, <laughs> We can have a podcast. You can tell us about the good brewery spots to hit. Man. Yeah, you, you got it. There you oh, go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Troy, for that one, we're for sure going to go next door and be. <laughs> we're going to finally do the off-site podcast. Finally. I mean, we keep threatening it. <laughs> um, yeah. Troy, any last words? No, man, it was fun. And uh, glad you got dialed in and 
got you into a new frame, man. Uh, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate all the effort. I got to take you out for some uh, adult beverages soon to to repay the uh, all the time you put into doctoring up those rackets, man. So no, man, I, I the, really play, the pleasure it. was the pleasure was ours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Super fun. And for anyone listening, if you guys have any questions or you're kind of trying to transition out of a frame and you're not sure what to try, what to demo, feel free to email us podcast at tennis-warehouse.com. And in the show notes of this, we are going to list the, or we'll post the video that we mentioned. And we'll also post all of the rackets that Andy did demo as well as the string that he's using. We can even post the customization tools. We can post the way that you can contact us for customization and all of that. So no, don't have any fear of switching rackets. We got you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, going forward, anybody looking to get into the 90, ESO 98 or any of the rackets and get the, uh, the Andy spec, uh, we have our, our MRT services, our whole racket expert department, and Michelle have all that tagged in the video. Yep. And uh, we'll get you dialed in. Awesome. Well, this is so, so fun. <laughs> Super I've been jealous fun. of your, of your podcast, Michelle. You're doing such uh, a great job with it. And uh, now you got the new background. There. I know it's, so it's but, been fun, but obviously the whole reason why we kind of decided to start these was our office conversations that you were, oh, obviously, yeah. you know, we, we have really <laughs> cool conversations in our office and whether it's a debate over the perfect 10 or <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I miss most is all the, all the, all the talks over the afternoon coffee in the office. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, they still happen. COVID obviously kind of hampered things a little bit. So being able to connect like this has been really fun, I think. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, Andy. And thanks everyone for listening. And as I mentioned, if you have any questions or comments or want to continue the conversation, feel free to reach out, leave us a review, all of the above. We're always here for you. So until next time, happy hitting. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you download your episodes. And be sure to visit our websites for all of the tennis deals at tenniswarehouse.com, tenniswarehouseeurope.com, and tennisonly.com.au. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and until next time, happy hitting. It was really funny. I got this Instagram message the other day, wrote me like four paragraphs. And he's like, Andy, man, like years ago, I asked you a question on YouTube and you recommended that I switch from the Pro Staff 95 to the E-Zone DR98. And he's like, <laughs> it was the best thing of my life. And he's like, now I've been using the E-Z- like the DR98 for years and there's nothing like it. And I don't know what to like switch to. And so I'm, I'm like, not going to answer it until the video comes out. I'm just going to like leave him a link to the video. Nice.